Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another edition of the Geeky Bros Podcast. It's your boy, Just Darcy here. And this is Big Geek Umar. How you, how you doing, bro? <laughs> I love it when it's y'all, but it's only one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's natural. It's what comes out. It's all good. I know, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hyped right now. It is 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And in two hours exactly, my butt is going to be sitting in the Gardens of the Galaxy Theater near me. So <laughs> lucky bastard. I I am. Now I had to pay for four people, so not that lucky, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, the worst part, no, I did get to use some some scene points, but the worst part, I had a $25 gift card from like a birthday or something to to the theater and I keep forgetting it to add it onto my account so yesterday I was like oh I have this thing I'm gonna do that for, for the Guardians of the Galaxy go buy the tickets and then look over right afterwards on the side of my bed and I'm like there's a gift card right there yeah <laughs> <laughs> that moment when you're like can I like return the tickets and we buy them I, I literally thought that because I was like, I use scene points and I can use $25. By the time I was done, it would have been like a $10, $10 affair. It was not. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, nonetheless, I am deeply envious of you because I have to wait until Monday. Yeah, but, you know, good reasons. Good reasons all around. Good reasons, yes. As you all can see, I'm, my bags are packed and I'm heading for out for vacation. I'll be out for a couple of weeks. Uh, so my boy uh, Darcy and our boy Tactics, who unfortunately can't be with us, right now there's a there's a chance you might drop in but like they will take care of uh the rest of you uh for, while i'm away uh i'll hopefully try to like come in for a couple of minutes if i can but you know vacation and wi-fi depending yeah absolutely yeah so i mean uh, where, where we want to go from here umar we might as well jump right in uh to our title uh conversation and also the first image uh of our thumbnail we're going to talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy, a volume three that has already been released. Now, Darcy and I have, as clearly just stated, not seen it. So what we're going to do is talk about our predictions about it and also what we have heard so far from those who have and also from the reviews. So I'm going to put uh, just a little bit of uh, context here. So this is our second movie. Of phase five mm-hmm. uh, of the of the MCU, uh, phase four, as we talked about in our last uh, podcast between Tactics and I, was a mammoth that wasn't as bad as he thought and he remembered uh, in terms of films. His problem mostly lied within the TV series, and I will say the TV series had some issues here and there, but the movies predominantly were pretty good for phase four. Hmm. There, 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 there were some. Uh, black sheeps in that in that herd. Uh, however, Phase Five didn't start off great. Again, I didn't hate the movie, but Ant Man and, and the Wasp: Quantumania could have been better. Mm-hmm. Could have been worse, but could have been better. I, I, I had some fun. There's still Thor: Love and Thunder that could have been in there. <laughs> yeah, but like. Now with the whole Jonathan Majors thing happening, that's starting to sour a little bit in hindsight, which is not fair to the movie, but nonetheless, it's it's what's happening. However, with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 being directed by James Gunn, um, mm-hmm. uh, it's his final foray with the MCU before he's gone and taken over uh, the DCU. Uh, so he wrote and direct uh, Volume 3. And 
Based off the trailers, we know that this is going to be an emotional episode or emotional film. The critics have given this, last time I went on Rotten Tomatoes it, uh, with like 200 or so, uh, 200 plus reviews, it was getting like 79%, which is not which is not bad. Um, the audience score, however, was at like plus 500 uh, and it was a 92%. Yeah, there it is. So that's kind of like, okay, so like across the board, this is being liked, which is a nice change of pace uh, for uh, Marvel, uh, given the TV shows and most recent movie. Uh, We'll see if Tactics agrees with that. But there have been those among my friends who have watched the movie, and they were saying that they liked it the most out of the three Guardians films. Mm, That's a good start. Others were having a hard time deciding between the first or uh, the third one. Everyone that's agreed a- that they didn't they didn't like the second one. That's always good. And Omar, what did you say the the tomato meter rating was? Uh, if that's uh, the it was seventy nine and ninety two. It's gone up. It's gone oh, up on wow. both bo- both accounts. Really? So what are they now? So um, I'll give you the numbers of how many people first, just to okay. slowly hype into this. Okay. 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 <laughs> so Tomato Meter has 252 reviews and okay. audience uh, score has over a thousand verified ratings at this point. Okay. A thousand plus. Okay. So let's start with the audience score. Audience score is 96% now. Okay. Damn. And tomato meter is 80%. I mean, don't expect the tomato meter to rise by any significant amount. It never goes up. It always goes down. So that's an impressive it's, feat. 1% yeah, is an impressive so, feat. <laughs> I agree. And also, like, uh, like, a, like, a, like, so this would, I tend to connect with the critical reviews. <laughs> yeah, of course you do, bro. <laughs> so, I thought about I you, mean, like, slowly we're moving into that. <laughs> uh, so this is a pretty good chance that I'll actually give this movie an eight. Okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pump the brakes because uh, like my my production is trying to make me like, mm. okay, all right, I'm uh, this is positive, absolutely, and I'm not going to read too much into this, but I want to though. This could absolutely. be okay if I'm going to read into this. This could be that James Gunn still got it, which will, uh, it's boding well for D- DCU. Secondly, this is a good good piece of uh timing for the mcu when, uh, because... when is jameson not got it man i heard that statement when is he not got it okay guardians 2 that was a while ago okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm not saying he don't got it also there are a couple episodes of peacemaker i was like mm. but oh, okay now 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 you tripping peacemaker a cup a couple of episodes i didn't say the whole thing no, not even a couple episodes. The the worst moment in the whole thing was the cameo for me. <laughs> I'm just saying, it was um, cute, but it was like the most out of place thing. <laughs> yeah. Nonetheless, I'm just saying that uh, this is good timing for the MCU to get some positive reviews because there has been a lot online, uh, whether it's TikTok, Twitter, Face, uh, YouTube, Facebook. And, you know, just personal conversations with people, not including uh, tactics, that Phase 4 kind of left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, even though a lot of the films they actually enjoyed. I think Thor Thor did a lot of damage. Oh, it definitely did. You know when um, you go to a great restaurant before COVID and you go back and you don't taste the same? (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what Marvel has been like since Endgame. <laughs> it's just like, you're like, hmm, they put more salt in this. Good. <laughs> Is that I will MSG? Say <laughs> I will say it's the TV series that that left the, that added the salt. Because the movies, aside from, uh, I would say Eternals and Thor were the ones that caused the most damage even though i enjoyed eternals um black widow everyone forgets like tactics still doesn't even want to consider it phase four yeah i mean it's really just like phase three plus because <laughs> 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 like they, like, that they pushed is so it well out. said <laughs> they, they pushed that out that like that clearly was ready a long time before that it didn't even get into theater response anyway we're, we're digressing uh dars how about you man like what have you been hearing about uh guardians uh i mean one that um this is going to be an epic epic film um i'm super excited because it's set to be more of an emotional film and i like that about james gunn uh, what i've learned watching more of his stuff and especially the the gardens of the galaxy trilogy you know I, I, on its face especially years ago when i you know maybe didn't have quite the same appreciation for the art is that you know you would see the fun part but he always has this like emotional layer to whatever he writes. He's always trying to write something about um, the family and the trials and the stuff that they have to go through. And yeah. I just know like James Gunn, I've seen a bunch of interviews the, and it, how do I put this? There was an interview uh, of the cast. They're all sitting around and they're sitting around with the, the actor who plays the um, high evolutionary. Um, which is ironically uh, plays the character in, um, in, in um, Peacemaker. Yeah. I actually I really liked him in Peacemaker. Yeah, and um, I have a, a thing to say about him in a second. But the, he was they're having an interview, and it reminded me a lot of when Matt Reeves had the interview with the Batman cast, where they all sat around on like actors' chairs, and they were like mm -hmm. in, in front of like a backdrop that looked like part of the film. And when you have cast set up a really nice place to sit down with the full cast and a director or most of the cast and a director to yeah. have an interview, you already kind of know that the movie's more quality <laughs> because when they, when it's low quality, they just kind of like send you through regular press junkets and they yeah. don't really care as much. And you like get knives out. Yeah. And you get more of like the actors separated and less people together because it's like, well, I can't be bothered to get in a room with all these people. Like, I'm done with that film. I'm just like, I'm going to do my contract and get on with it. Where you don't care about the film. You just do a couple interviews, try to be funny, make people want to watch it because you're funny in an interview, but not because the movie's good, you know? Yeah. Versus when, you're, when they're sitting there and they're talking about the emotional impact and what they loved about it and what they appreciate about the director and what they love about his writing. They're sitting there having that conversation. You're like... Yo, these people enjoyed their time at work, okay? <laughs> like they're sitting with the boss and they're complimenting him when they don't have to be in the same room with them anymore, right? Yeah. So, so it reminded me of that, and I'm like, that's a good thing. And um, one thing that James Gunn has said that really hyped me about this and really wants me to make me see this even more is he sees Rocket. He sees himself in Rocket. In Rocket's story, he has a parallel with his own personal life. He's not saying I am Rocket. He's seeing like <laughs> he's seeing a lot of emotional parallels between something that he's endured in his childhood, in his youth, and 
how Rocket had some trials and whatnot. So he's put a lot of emotional weight into this. And even his brother, who is who does even some of the Rockets, um, the the physical acting for Rocket, he even sees Rocket as his brother. Like he he sees the parallels. It's cute. It's and cute. well, cute. Other than the fact that we know we're about to go into an emotional hellstorm <laughs> for Rocket. So this whole film I, is a Rocket film. It's all yeah. his origin and. I'm like so that's gonna be like you know james gone what you gone through bro like what, what you gone through it's it's interesting because like um i've been hearing a lot of people uh not amongst my friends but like uh people online who are saying that it is gonna hit home like and uh, on the same level as endgame because as they put it you know the characters for the last 10 years mm. so just like an endgame this is going to be like sucker punch you in a way that you like you know it's coming. It's it's almost like uh, you've heard about the death, but now you're going to the funeral. Oof. And I was like, ooh, ooh. And I was like, that's a oh, well said wow. line. That's a that's, that's what I'm a saying. Well said line. I know. I mean, I know that feeling, and that's and we all know that feeling. So like, yeah, yeah. That, that, that hits. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I've been wanting to see rockets like backstory in general just since the first film just when they like just the way he he's presented his uh, uh, how he's communicated um so i'm super excited about it and yeah um overall i'm just super jazzed about this film um i don't know if uh, oh umar you just your face froze there for a second you you had me freaked out i'm, I'm like is he gone did he disappear no no no, no, no. Oh. I, I just i was just thinking uh, about what you're saying and uh, about like you know yeah, so I, I I was just like yeah, go on. But yeah, this um, uh, the high evolutionary, um, and what's the the golden boy? Can't think of his name uh, right now. Oh, uh, Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock. So there's. A couple I cannot wait to see Adam Warlock like in action. Like I hope he has a big part in the in the film. I, I hope it's not like a small stuff. But like I wouldn't say I've been a huge fan of Adam Warlock from the comics. I've I've read him a couple of times, but like. It looks he he looks dope. He looks dope. So I heard a couple of things about this. I heard mm -hmm. one statement about Adam Warlock that like tells me the whole character in like one statement. They they compared him to Homelander. Especially with his relationship to the high evolutionary. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna be interesting. Because he how how codependent, how codependent homelander is to like vought and is high evolutionary vought that's going to be very interesting the other thing i also heard about the high evolutionary is uh my 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 bro my homie well actually i don't know i'm just i can't think of better words um uh a uh, uh, youtube channel i watch uh tyrone magnus uh he made a statement that i really like about the state of uh, the the acting of the high evolutionary. We know that that actor is really really good, and I watched. Oh, he's his, dope. I watched in his interview talking about how he because he's a Shakespearean actor, and when James Gunn brought him the the, the that character, um, he he was like, "This really works for me based off of my Shakespearean background." So it's a very Shakespearean character in the way that he, he's going to be acting it. Oh, on, on hell's yes. That's on, you guys know Shakespeare's where I'm at. And on top of that, this is something I did not know about how James Gunn put together his films. So when he's 
when he's writing his films, he actually figures out the soundtrack at that point. And because it like it, which is similar to Matt Reeves, because Matt Reeves wrote the Batman based off of listening to Nirvana. And then that's why that that song was in the trailer and was core to the film. And that's why the tone of it works, because he actually wrote it listening to it, because that's what that's what gave him the inspiration for the tone. And so James Gunn has a very similar process. And one thing he does when he gives all the actors is he gives them the song that matches their character for the movie and what it represents. So and and, and so um the actor, I forget his name, but who plays uh, High Evolutionary, High he was listening to classical music, a very specific. Oh, <laughs> sorry, not, not not sorry, not classical opera. He was listening to opera, Ooh. and he he went down on his own his own binge of opera and came back with a specific song that really resonated for him, and they worked it in to the movie to be part of the character. So there was like an evolution because James Gunn is they, a lot of the actors say he's like he knows what he wants but he's also willing to take other people's ideas and work with it in the moment to figure out where they're going to go. And sometimes they land in places neither of them planned and they always feel good when they walk away at the end of the day. So these are a lot of things that hype me. But I, I got off track there. Tyro Magnus said that if it doesn't work out with Jonathan Majors, this villain could be the big bad. Just state that that's how good the acting is, that he feels like this character. Now, I'm not saying that from a writing perspective <laughs> and from a comic perspective, he could be a big bad. But he's saying is that his acting is so strong, he's like a big bad level that you would feel like everybody could face up against him because he's delivering like that. Like if Killmonger got his hands on like, like, you know, um, alien tech and started taking over parts of the galaxy, we would believe that that would actually, if he got the right steps in place, we would believe he could run that shit. And he, yeah. would, it would be, he would be a dangerous villain at a high level, even though he's not heavily superpowered. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm like that that hypes me a lot cuz hearing it's a good villain is a, it makes a good story it it's 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 needed so I'm hyped over uh, here I'm hyped uh just to follow up on a question that Maybot put out she's like the YT is called Magnus uh I I think that was something related to what you were talking about Dars Oh yeah the YouTuber channel is Tyrone Magnus That's what she's okay. asking for uh, okay, so uh, that goes into her statement where she's like, if so, that's funny because an alias for Adam Warlock is Adam Magnus. Oh. In the comics. <laughs> also, I, I'm, I'm assuming that Maybot has watched uh, Guardians because she's like, uh, the uh, he was very operatic, uh, which is the high evolutionary. And also, I she's like, uh, that's what I love about these film, these movies. I feel the soundtrack. Mm. I think that was, that's the thing that like, I remember singing along to the first uh, Guardians movie, with, with like, and I just like loved. Well, aside from the fact that it was just awesome, but like I actually I just loved listening to music and like going along with it because you're like you're just like oh that song yeah and then like just like it connects you to the film. Yeah, and and James Gunn always says that first song is supposed to be telling of the whole film. So we can watch it, get a feel emotionally what that whole film is going to be about, whatever that song is. And then when we go back and rewatch it, realize that's what the whole movie was about. Yeah. No and, worries, Maybot. You didn't give anything away. <laughs> no, no, Maybot, you good. The other thing about this, if you actually notice, is that uh, Garland's Galaxy 1 was 70s uh, music. Yep. 
two yep. is 80s this one's all 90s yeah i figured as much uh because like I, i'm i have purposely avoided the soundtrack online just so i could be oh. surprised in the film oh yeah and yeah this is not like like another film where it's like oh that those are some cool strings <laughs> 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 this 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 is a film where it it, it really matters you know yeah and or even what, okay. uh, another film that would have been in was the, the Wakanda Forever. Can you imagine listening to that soundtrack in advance of the film? <laughs> I did. You screwed up. <laughs> Not really. Because uh, I I listened to Rihanna's a song. And I listened to two others. And I was kind of like, hmm. Uh, which, ironically, I missed some of the soundtracks that I actually ended up loving the most. Like the um, the song when they, when they go... Uh, when they go to uh, Talcon, I didn't hear that beforehand. And um, there were two others. There was one where uh, Koye was being chased in the cops, like that, that one. Uh, and there was another... I can't think of the other one right now. But there were three songs that I, I didn't hear until I watched the movie. And I was like, "Woo, that's great. But the other three songs I, I heard beforehand were the ones that I was just like, because mm. I didn't even... I, I was expecting to love Rihanna's song because I actually like her music. It was the weakest song for me on the soundtrack. I mean, I ended up enjoying it a lot afterwards. Um, I would say that there was a... Uh, uh, I mean, I didn't watch, listen to it before. Actually, I know I did hear a little Rihanna song beforehand, but mm. everything mattered afterwards for me where it was like I know the emotional connection was uh, deeper. But anyways, you had a point. I distracted you from it. Uh, I totally forgot. Nonetheless... I, I'm excited to watch this film, uh, which I is the first time. It's nice to not have to worry about an MCU uh, property because <laughs> it's been that way for a minute. But, but only because like there's been so much contention on Phase Four. Like uh, people have been hating on the sh on the shows, and and it depends on which show. Like it's not like everyone's been hating on one. It's like everyone's had to fight. Either to hate on a show or to like a show. I mean, I when it comes to contention, I don't give a crap, right? Like, whatever everybody else thinks, I don't care. I'm going to watch it, and if I like it, I like it. The problem for me has been there's been a lot of problem because there's just been a lot of failure or there's been a lot of disappointment or hype one way that doesn't meet it. So for me, it's just been a lot of it wasn't good enough and... I just didn't end up enjoying it. So that's why phase four was problematic for me because they didn't hit. I kind of wish you were here uh, for the podcast last week because now I really want to know, like, was it the TV or was it the movies that bothered you? Um, yeah, it's a good question. But to be honest, gut reaction, it wasn't one or the other. It was the compounding effect of more misses than 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 hits and so, so it was yeah. like it started it started to roll after a certain point i would say the tv show the t sorry the tv show the tv shows created more of that problem so probably just because they were compounding they were making the compounding effect happen faster yeah and also longer for longer periods because uh for tactics i literally like went through each of the movies and aside from obviously we all know his hate for uh thor uh, love and thunder <laughs> but aside from that film he didn't actually have any pro significant problems with the other films 
like he had some issue with Eternals. He forgot about Black Widow. Uh, but like everything else, he actually was like pretty much on board. With the TV shows were for him was the problem, and that was all around the same time as Thor: Love and Thunder. I I have a funny thought. We can't get the answer to this right now, but I wonder if Thor: Love and Thunder for him was so bad that if the rest of Phase Four was amazing, he would have still hated the, the whole phase. He says he's. I asked him that question. He said it's. It, it is absolutely that. Like he's <laughs> like it, it, any phase that has Thor: Love and Thunder, he'll hate it just because it has that one. Oh, that's hilarious! It's like it's, it's it's like the best phase there ever was, and he's over here like that. But they had that one thing, so it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a straight no go. Okay. Well, nonetheless, Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy three is shaping up to going back to basics or like back to like the prime of uh, of the phases so far from what we've heard. Okay, but before we move on, quick okay. co- thought to that though. Okay. So you're saying. Phase five is shaping up to yes. be good. Yes. On the back of the guy who's leaving. <laughs> no, he's already left on his last that's, film. That's not why I'm saying it. Why? Why what are you saying it, Umar? Let me give you the because, stage. <laughs> Tell us. Because after this, we're getting the Marvels. We're getting Captain America New World Order. We're uh, getting Secret Invasion. Well, actually, those are I think those are all the only ones I can remember right now for Phase Five. So, like, oh, did I lose Darcy? Am I no, by I'm myself? Still here. Oh, no, thank no. God. Okay, I, I put like, you on. I put you on solo. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you left. I'm like, wait, am I all by myself? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, as a result, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Depending on who you ask. Okay, film, fun film. No one said no one said they love that film, and very few people are openly acknowledging they liked it. I I enjoyed myself, but it could have been it could have been so much better. This movie shaping up to be like based on what everyone is saying, shaping up to be like a positive home run. I was going to say home swing, but I don't think that's the right term. Sports, uh, a, pos- a positive sports statement. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> a home swing. That's definitely oh. home, home run. Home run is correct, but a home, home run. Home, run. Home, home swing. No. <laughs> um. Then there's the Marvels. Uh, that I have. I know I have a lot more anticipation than you guys do. Fair enough. But it hits more personally for me. I, I don't get me wrong. I'm really excited for one person out of those three people. Here, here's what I think, though, Umar. What about Teona? Yeah. What's that? Yeah, I, I want to say it goes in order of um Iman, Teona, and then uh yeah. I love Teona, <laughs> no, 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 but no, no, I also no. love one. Umar, Vision. Umar, let me correct you correctly, okay? <laughs> Iman what's, what's your second name person? Iman Vellani. No, no, no. The other well, oh, I was gonna say uh, I was just gonna say first name. Iman Te- Teona. Teona. That was that was my list. <laughs> I just want to make sure we're clear, okay? It was it was, it was a two parter, okay? Um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think that that film is going to be sixty five, okay? A sixty five kind of film, okay? And I I think Bree's gonna hold it down a lot. <laughs> so um um and then that's a personal we, bias though. Yes, but she's still in the film. She's a person in the film. <laughs> <laughs> like, the two of you, you're like I. I almost want to see 
your reactions if Brie Larson walked by. (laughs) 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 But but so so that that film right now is the highest chance to be decent. And uh, your hopes for Secret Wars are like dwindling, my man. What? Secret Invasion, not Wars. Secret Invasion. Um, Because isn't Kang supposed to be an important person in that film? Nope. That's secret. Oh. Uh, that's secret. That's secret war. Secret invasion is the what is the Nick Fury one? Oh, the Nick Fury one. Oh yeah, that looked, that looked like it would be fire. That looked like it would be fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll, and I'll then also the that. yeah, and then the one after that is Captain America: New World uh, New World Order. Okay, okay. So we 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 have we have a little bit of lead time before the 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 whole thing explodes in our face if everything. I'm just, okay, yeah, yeah. See, see, yeah. See, I, I, I think Phase Five is going to be the one that like kind of like the middle part was the best, and then because of unfortunately real world issues, both the writer strike and also Jonathan Majors, uh, if it continues to go this direction, it gonna it gonna it gonna nosedive. We're gonna talk about the writer strike in a little bit, but I do want to bring up uh, Maybot's uh, comment. She says, "I would say for Gun, the Guardians, ser- the Guardians series, was a hat trick for sports metaphors." <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; I don't know what that means. <laughs> Thank you for helping him out and then exposing him all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just it just means three, <laughs> three in a row. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I just realized that we grew up a little different, bro. <laughs> we came to sports. <laughs> the thing is, I don't keep up with sports, but I actually played them all. So, like, I actually fundamentally understand them from playing them. <laughs> I was reading comics when people were watching them. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I wasn't reading. No one would put me on their team. <laughs> also, because uh, I was probably reading comics. Yeah, fair. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. So, uh, nonetheless, like I, I have hope for Phase Five, and I was worried uh, when Ant Man came out that I was like, "Ooh, is this going to be the tone?" And then now, because of what's happening with this one, grant you, I will grant you, this is from a guy who's leaving and who, and as you say, he he hits good. However, the people in charge of the stuff that is coming forward, I'm actually a fan of. And hopefully, 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 if the new shakeup for Blade is going the way I think it is, Blade actually could be dope as fuck. I mean, it just better be. Like, with all the effort in in trying to get the right thing out of it, you know, that 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 better spawn the right property. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. like, uh, let me let me put it to you this way. If Ezra Miller can hold back the production of The Flash for years and st- and force it into a banger, all this guy's got to do is not beat people up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the same path. Just don't hurt random civilians, and we are good. <laughs> like, make sure you can show up to the press junkets. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I That's a whole other conversation that I... I know. I don't think it's going to happen, but moving on to our next topic, which is going to be uh, run by our bro, Darcy, which I would like to call Deep Diving with Darcy. Uh, maybe we, that didn't... We, we, we need to change that title. We need to change that title. 
<laughs> that triple D title needs to change. <laughs> I was trying to go for alliteration, but I, I heard it afterwards. And see, on paper it looked fine, but like saying out loud didn't 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 go right. <laughs> both both the acronym and the saying all out was just wrong. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, Maybot. <laughs> Maybe I'll just like write this and then follows it up with a facts. Mm. <laughs> my bad. Okay, uh, we're gonna talk to Darcy about uh, something he is currently watching uh, that I refuse to watch, but I'm uh, going to be eventually suckered into watching anyway. Yeah. Superman and Lois season three. Now, for those of you who've been watching uh, the podcast for a while, you know that we've covered Superman and Lois season one and two, and that Darcy and I and Tactics, because like I think Tactics didn't even bother watching the last half of season two, we fell out of love. It got way too CW'd, and oh, look at who just showed <laughs> wow, up. Wow, that's crazy, bro. <laughs> wow. Tell me more. Did, did, hold up, hold up. Before, before we move on. Before we move on, did you hear the name of the segment that, that Umar just came up with two seconds ago? No, I didn't hear it. He called it Deep Diving with Darcy. We have to change that immediately is what 100%, I said. 100%. No one said anything in the chat when I wrote it down. <laughs> oh, Maybot said, mm. Well, that, yeah, well, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, but Maybot, we'll, we'll just run these uh, titles by you then. Anyway... Uh, T and I have not been well. Welcome, T. We're glad to have you, brother. Tactics and I have not been following Superman and Lois, but after a particular clip that I inadvertently like, I didn't inadvertently. I just shared just for the sake of sharing. But I shared a clip of season three of Superman and Lois, and Darcy was like, "Yeah, okay, I gotta check this out." And I was like, "Don't do it, man." But Darcy's taking the bullet for us, so we're gonna hear Darcy. What's a season three all about? Uh, all right. Let me let me let me just kick this off. Um, uh, let, let, how, where do I start? Okay. So season three fundamentally is forty percent great and sixty percent the shit we already know. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> maybe forty five, fifty five. Okay, maybe around there. Okay, okay. I'm not gonna say fifty fifty. It's it, it's too generous. Okay. Okay. So. One half of it is all the normal CW stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Maybot's on fire right now. <laughs> she says, let's hear Darcy go deep. <laughs> we were watching the wrong show. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm uh, I'm I'm, I'm reeling in, reeling okay. in. Okay, all right. all right. So let me let me put up on screen some things that are decent and yet mm, at the same time. Okay, okay. so for, first thing up, uh, this is our new big bad. Um, I'm already forgetting his name to be honest. Bruno Mannheim. Thank you very much. You ain't even watching the season. You you know better than me. Uh, his acting is great. He's a very imposing character. He actually feels like a dude that has half the intelligence of Lex Luthor, but way more bravado and way more like when he stands in a room, because he's got gravitas to his voice. And when he stands in a room with, with Superman, he actually fe doesn't feel like he's a superhero, but he feels like he's got the balls to actually stand in front of Superman and unwaveringly like tell him what he thinks without fear of repercussion 
He just he do has get, a what's that? Do you guys do you guys know who this actor is? Yeah, he, well, I know him from uh, Walking Dead at one point, but I don't remember. And I know him from like other stuff, but I don't yeah. remember like everything he's done. Yeah, so like from like for me, he he was uh, he was two things for me. He was Tyrese from The Walking Dead. Yep. Loved him in that, and he was also uh, Fred Johnson from The Expanse. I've only watched the first like two seasons. His name is uh, Chad L. Coleman. He is an actor he has got range and i believe every word you just said about him darcy yeah when he, we when found he, the tyrese that you actually like umar that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> oh that was <laughs> he makes me forget any other chat uh tyrese's exist <laughs> oh man that that was good that, that was that good. Was, that, Yo, we missed you, T. That was good. Uh, but yeah, like overall, whenever he delivers, I believe it. And his his motive is actually really, really good. It's a very human motive. And it parallels mm-hmm. the other theme of this uh, season going on with Lois. I'll get into that in a minute. But um, he, his motive is good. What sucks about it, though um is the villains like the superhero stuff now this character is cool you see this mask here it's kind of creepy um it actually changes shape a lot like in the watchman with um i forget his rorschach. name rorschach but it's more like a sand like texture on the outside of the mask and it's reacting to sound waves um and some of the cgi and obviously the film stuff has always been pretty good in this show like the cinematography and they've oh yeah got- they got a budget yeah, and they've come back to a bit of the graininess in this season, I would say. And uh, like, just give you a sense of like the CGI epicness is like a scene where like the sound waves are coming off. You can see the mask is different. And it's like blowing through this glass. And like, I didn't show the other part because as a still image, I took a photo, it didn't look good. But like, it, it, the glass explodes and a couple characters get blown away. And it's actually like you watch it, and I was like, damn, like this is a movie. Like they actually got the, 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 the special effects department working like hard this this episode. So like there's actually some good stuff there. And this is the best superhero villain because every other effing henchman is somebody with Superman's blood in them and they're Superman powered, but temporarily. Every, the, the problem is, is like, and in oh last season, they had uh, R- Reverso Superman, I forget his name, but um, Bizarro. Bizarro. And uh, <laughs> they somehow brought him back in this season. They hinted at he's coming back. And I'm like, oh my God, why do we need, why does every villain have to have a Superman power? There are so many other things, and this show will not stop just having Superman fight himself. It is so goddamn annoying. Like, that's the thing that's bothering the hell out of me. Uh, let me just move on from that point. Now, here oh. we have the replacement for Jonathan Kent on the left-hand side. And I, ironically, it is not an Aunt Viv moment. <laughs> it is actually an improvement, ironically. Really? Interesting. So the other guy... He was fine, but he always felt a little bit not like how I would imagine Clark's first son. He was always a little bit too much, a little too arrogant and a little bit too 
um well into drugs uh and (laughs) and there was there was just like a vibe coming off of him that just didn't quite feel like other incarnations i've seen like in animated shows of jonathan and this guy actually feels more like what i would imagine clark's son to be he's a little warmer and he's obviously bigger (laughs) like he's just a more muscular dude um which actually pairs well against the second son which i can't remember his name right now even though he's on screen (laughs) oh yeah jordan because jordan's a super powered one but he's smaller and this one is physically bigger and for some reason that complementariness makes him feel like he's like less of a useless character and actually like the athlete he's supposed to be in this in the in, in the role he's playing i see what you're saying it just it just feels a bit better and he's just a bit more of an emotive individual not that the other one wasn't the other one was like dramatic and like you know angsty this guy feels a little bit more grounded and less angsty and i like it especially with the tone of the season because the big tone in this season has to do with uh, uh lois finding out she has breast cancer and ah. this is where the show is actually really good uh in this episode which i think was two or three i cried like two to three times the last what? one was was straight hard tears like i was getting like choked and then I, at the end i was straight crying okay because there is uh when she re- reveals to her well first she reveals to clark that she has breast cancer and yeah. that's emotional then she reveals to her sons like because they come home right afterwards i mean right. you know convenient timing and they come home right afterwards and there's a scene where she's sitting at the table and she's telling them the information and then as you get further and further the audio cuts out you don't hear what she's saying and she just goes into a tear moment i'm gonna get choked up saying it and her two sons who are like devastated in their face when the, when it's the audio cuts out they just both sit step back from their chairs stand up and walk around the table equally at the same time and hug their mother and then you and then it pans or it cuts away from them all crying together to Clark and you start to see his face and you see the inability to be the strongest man in the world and his inability to save his partner and that pain that it causes and that's where this show is really amazing it's it's like that first episode where yeah. his mother passes away and everything revolving around them and every conversation like they like Clark goes in one episode to um, they have a therapy session for when you are a partner to somebody dealing with cancer group and therapy he goes to it and it's Support like nah, it's not it's not for me and he just basically doesn't doesn't do it at all and then throughout the episode Lois starts to reveal to him her frustration with how he's so upbeat and non-accepting of her situation and there's a whole like thing that she goes through and talking to another character and then she goes and expresses it to him they have like, a fight about it and then he ends up going to therapy and so like there's really like good emotion and these two actors they're doing an amazing job with it. The sons are doing an amazing job with it. So everything related to this emotion is fantastic. And there's a lot of interesting parts related to Bruno Mannheim related to her cancer and to his character that's also really good. It's just whenever they get into the superhero stuff, it is Superman fighting 
Superman, and it's pathetic. I mean, and then there's also the uh, side family whatever oh, that we don't care I'm about. So, I'm so sick and tired of the Lana Lang family. <laughs> you want to make it worse? You want to make it worse? So you know the newspaper that Lewis works at? You yeah. know the the girl who started that newspaper and she works with? Yeah, she's like she, she, she's now, Yeah, she's sleeping with with Lana Lane's husband. Now. Like, oh my just, god! Wow! <laughs> you're like you're like I mean it's cute. I don't need it. <laughs> like, like that's all I gotta say, right? And even like um uh I forget his name, the Hammer dude and his daughter. I don't even care for them at this point. They're oh, John like, Henry? Yeah, John mm-hmm. Henry. Like they're they're they're, they're fine. It's just it's it's just. I feel like there's a plot thrown out for him at one point, and I'm like, eh, it's just kind of thrown out there. Wait, and then, so if Chrissy hooked up with Kyle, does that mean John Henry's going to hook up with Lana? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, I just did the math, and I'm like, wait, all the adults are pairing up. It's just all these these things don't matter. Like they they oh they, 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 they like it's like it doesn't do anything for me. Um, but anyways, moving on. I, again, I, I forgot to put, bring this up, but just showing this guy, like this is in that moment where they have that emotional thing, and gotcha. this is just before he gets up and steps around the table. But I mean, like, I don't know, like it's just this actor's working more for me because okay. in these moments, he, he 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 delivers. And now the the moment that that brought me to watch the show, this one, my man, this scene is phenomenal. Because it's when, so this dude here, and I got to see the context leading into us. So this, so Clark's son is dating this guy's daughter, and he's he's right. a he's a right piece of trailer park trash, and so he takes her to the house, and this guy confronts him over something because he has like a, a nice big truck, he's got like a big Dodge Ram, and he's like, oh, where you get that? Where you got all that money? And he confronts him, and he like. He ends up saying something to Jonathan. I forget what it was. Jonathan like has a, a bit of a spine and says something back. So the guy attacks him, right? Oh. So when he goes home, he's got he, he he like punched him in the face, and so he's got a shiner, right? He goes home, mm. and Lois is like, "What? Who hit you?" Like she pulls it out of him. She she's like, "Boys, get in the truck." So the show she drives oh. the truck down there. This is like just after she found out she got cancer too, and she hasn't told anybody. She drives her two sons down to this house and is like approaching this man at his door. Blah 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 blah. Guy pulls a gun on her. Okay, the boys are like, you know, and and then Jordan's in that car like like he's ready to like fly out of this truck and beat <laughs> the hell out of this dude, right? And she's like, gives a look. Kind of like uh, from Man of Steel when you give that look at the tornado. Kind of like gives a look back, and I know you don't like that scene, but she gives a look back. But she gives a look back and tells like Jordan that same kind of way, like don't move. But it makes yeah. sense in this context. It makes so much more sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So then when he gets home, he gets home and he's like, "What happened?" <laughs> and she's like, "She's like, she's like Clark, this doesn't need Superman." He's like, "He's not going." <laughs> and he and he and he walks out and flies and I'm just like I like that I like that <laughs> I was it was such a good thing and then he comes and oh he handles this guy and and the, the amount of restraint he has to have to hold this guy down but like let up 0.5 percent to make it look like he's not struggling and is struggling at the same time yeah. like he's not struggling. Like he looks like a guy is so strong he doesn't struggle in this moment, but 
he still the, the other human body has the ability to move him a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, so, it's such a subtle thing because if he really wanted to, the guy that the table wouldn't exist. The guy would just be inside <laughs> six feet already. <laughs> so, yeah, this was such such a great scene, and um, yeah, what like I said, this show is like forty five percent. I'm enjoying it. And then the rest of the time, I'm over on my other computer back here coding. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, wait, what are they doing? Okay, let me just come back. Let me just see this this emotional scene. Let me get my tears out. All right, y'all, y'all got Lana, Lana back on? I'm, I'll, be, I'll be over here. Yeah, honestly, I think that's going to be the same with me if I'm forced to watch this. I'm going to skip the Lana parts. I don't. I, I literally can't survive her. Like her entire, uh, her and that idiotic child of hers, uh, Sarah and Kyle, all, all three of them. They're just so frustrating. I like Sarah's acting to a degree. I just don't like. She can act. I'll give her that. She can act. Yeah, I just, I just don't like them in the show, as in the characters, not the actors. Just like the subject doesn't do anything for me. It's like, it's like two shows. It's like the typical CW show, and then this like HBO emotional drama happening with Superman and Lois, and then we just like turn back as like CW. It's like we just keep going back and forth between two shows in that's one. jarring yeah I don't just, so that, that's how i feel about it that's i i gave you the full spiel you all can know if you want to watch or not want to watch it i'm not promoting it i'm just telling you so you know t are you gonna watch it i mean darcy's selling it pretty well <laughs> so i started with the shit though yeah <laughs> but the, the emotional stuff hits though that's the thing like i cried I cried. I was taking the photos for this episode, and I was like, "Don't do it. Don't cry." <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, we will do. Uh, I'm sure they're going to go on hiatus soon, so like, I, I'm, like we can try to catch up after uh, tactics uh, uh, graduates. But all right, we'll we'll give season three a try. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> all right. So um, now something. Uh, sorry. Moving on to uh our next topic uh which is something we've already touched on um earlier the writer strike 2023 now uh for those of you who don't know uh, the writers from uh the union for the writers uh who write tv shows and movies predominantly uh this is focusing well now it's like everyone because everyone is doing streaming services they are striking uh, for a few reasons. One, because they are, they haven't had, in fact, uh, not only have they not had any form of um, increase in pay, they've actually decreased in pay over the last like 15 years uh, due to the overwhelmingly shot increase of uh, streaming services. Mostly because the rules and guidelines for how to pay writers for uh, online uh, uh, content hasn't been updated since like webisodes were a thing yeah i when i heard that i'm like yeah those those lawyers they they people are getting paid like five ten and fifty and a hundred dollars per episode yeah and like that and that kind of reminds you of like what happened in um what's what is happening and has happened in japan regarding manga and anime like those animators and those writers are like borderline poverty no they are poverty. they are poverty yeah and like we're eating up all of their content so anyway uh they're they're asking for uh like pay increases and also for back pay for like all the streaming services that have been like like 
huge, huge uh, payments for all their stuff. That However, back, that I will... back pay is that that's a big number. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the second thing uh, that they are fighting for is, and it's funny because uh, Tactics brought this up, I think like two or three weeks back. Uh, there's like an AI that does content. And, uh, you know, of course, Tactics won't use it for his exams, but we wish you do. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think it's like Smart GI or something like Chat GPT, you mean? That's it. Yeah, yeah. So that basically can absorb and uh, look over content from other sources and formulate a new content. So what uh, studios have said that they uh, have admitted that they have been thinking about and also have tried to do and also are planning to do uh, specifically during this writer's strike is to have the AI draft scripts and then give them to writers to like flourish. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> writers are like, so you're replacing us and using our content that you paid us pennies for to make like more formulaic stuff. Nah. So, currently, I think this is like the fourth day of their strike. And if I remember correctly, the last writer strike was like in 2012, right? Something like that. It was like a hundred yeah. days or something. Yeah. So, like, we'll see how this goes. Uh, but I, I wanted to see what you guys have to say about this. Uh, Darcy, do you want to start? Yeah. I mean, one, I'm going to make a slight correction on something just because I, I know more of this being a developer. Um, and I use ChatGPT all the time, but not for writing scripts that's not how i use it at all um but uh the way that 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 stuff works um is that it has a database of stuff that it's ingested from the internet so basically think of like it goes out and it pulls up information off of websites like pulls off text and it it's that database was up until like november of 2021 um chat gpt unlike some others that are out there doesn't have the ability to ingest um, new information, as in like it doesn't go out to the internet and grab new stuff. You can give it an input of something and then say like, take this and then do something with it. So that in right. a way it can, but just like articulate, because some people just don't understand how this stuff works. And uh, fair enough. And and then they have like a, a, a bigger misunderstanding. But not saying that they, they can't write scripts because they got, they can. So um, yeah, one. Number one, the fact that the, 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 the industry has allowed people to do the pricing of what you get paid and compensated against uh, for writing for stuff that goes on streaming based off of, the co- of a concept of something from 15 years ago when the internet was barely a thing is absolutely theft. Like, it's just fundamentally theft. Like, you're just going to say that these people... Because the, the webisode idea was like, this is back when things would have been like two minutes long right and you're like oh we'll base it off of how much we'll pay then and now you're gonna say oh i want you to do a full featured film that's the same as what will go into theater and yet you're gonna pay me based off of something that isn't the medium of what i am making right it's like it's like saying at one point in your life you learned how to cut and build a little um uh birdhouse and since that's the price that you did at that point when you go and build this skyscraper i'm gonna pay you the birdhouse price right like because technically it's still building 
right? It's like, um, that doesn't, that doesn't add up at all. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. So, I mean, I'm all for them on that. And on the idea of using ChatGPT to write the base scripts and have them rewrite it, yeah, I'm with them on that. I don't, I don't even want to watch what that's going to create. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't have a problem with a writer trying to have a creative process and using a tool like ChatGPT and having it spawn up different things to give it different perspectives so that they can go and write their own thing because they're mm -hmm. looking at it, but not as a like, like basically a way of cheating on a on a, on a pro paper you have to hand in by having it do the work and just fix editing it no i'm like if you were saying like cross this and cross this and it writes something and you're like that's it. Oh, i like what it did there let me now go off and do something kind of like this uh mashley uh anime that we're watching where it's like what if we brought one piece and harry potter together <laughs> or not not one piece um uh, one, one, punch pun man. one punch man and harry potter and made an anime and then they came up with that if someone chat gpt like random things to cross and that's what they came up with i'm down for th that yeah it's fantastic but there's still an art to human expression and creativity that has to happen and if you just start pumping this stuff out like like that you're, you're just going to be bad content and they're just going to keep going down this rabbit hole that they've been going down which is why people don't go to the theaters as much so you can say it's all marvel but before marvel i was starting to not want to watch as many movies because i was seeing the formula 15 years ago and i'm like these films have no heart they have no creative expression there's nothing here it's just this i've seen this movie it's just different actors and a slightly adjusted different scenario so I I want these people to be compensated and I want them to be compensated well so they can create good things. I look up to like uh, people like Todd McFarlane who had a completely different model for how he compensated the comic book uh, writers that worked under him compared to Marvel and DC where they got paid pennies compared to what Todd McFarlane's uh, company uh, does uh, for his creators and I and if you allow these creators to be paid well so they don't have to you know worry so much about living I'm sure they'll create more good things so yeah. that will make you more money in the end you can't just starve everybody make them live like hell and just say oh that what's that's what makes creators create better while you are out here just getting rich off of them no 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 they need to be compensated and, and i'm in support <clears throat> of them t yeah i agree with that that um especially that last sentiment darcy in regards to just you know taking care of your employees and your employees will take care of you and your business right i i, I feel like with lack of compensation for all their hard work, it's it's truly unfair to them. And they don't get the credit that they deserve. Like when I was going, when I was in film school, um, I heard a, not so much a quote, but there was a saying, because I, I went to school to become an editor initially. And um, one of my buddies, he had said that editing is basically a loveless job. Same with, you know, writing to a lesser degree but like editing especially because if you are a good editor nobody notices right if you're a bad editor everybody notices that shit like if things are choppy then you know yeah. like people don't really notice it right but the same the same thing can kind of be said in not again not to a lesser extent but in terms of of writing because usually it's the actors that get our, our front and center so they get a lot of the recognition next is the director and then afterwards it becomes the, the writer but the writer is like essentially like 
not maybe not the bread and butter, but it's it the backbone. At it's least. the backbone. Exactly. Right. And so I feel like they have to be well compensated. And this this whole thing about chat GPT is kind of scary in the sense of, you know, how things have become so automated now. It it it's very, very damaging to not only the film industry, but to a lot of industries that rely on on content. Right. Like. You know, it, it like yeah. everything is becoming either self-served or automated to the point where I remember um, Instagram had this feature and I, I, I did it um, unknowingly, uh, failing to realize the, 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 the damage that it could do from participating in this. But uh, Instagram had this app where you or it was it was a third party app, basically, where you can kind of um, I think you get you give this app your photos and then basically it it kind of conjure it morphs your photos into these like oh, different right, yeah. kinds of like stylistic yeah yeah like ai art basically and apparently um one of my artist friends was saying that she boycotted that she boycotted that app because what it, what the ai was actually doing was um similar to what chat gpt does where it kind of takes an amalgamation of different kinds of information and blends it all together this ai in particular was doing the same thing and, and getting like stylistic ideas from other artists and combining it with your photos to make like to make your image um the way the way it wants basically and so in a sense it was stealing other people's work and not giving them the credit that that they deserve and that's kind uh, of that's kind of the route that a lot of these ai tools are going now and in going in in terms of the, the direction and the same thing with like I, I don't know how true this is but um apparently drake is trying to sue a lot of these ai um technology devices or whatever or whatever it is because uh now you have these ai apps that can take drake's voice and literally create a whole album using his voice yeah, like i've G heard i've heard, heard a bunch song? of songs yeah like i've heard a bunch of songs from like drake i've heard Whoa. songs from michael jackson like like it, it the ai is getting crazy now bro and it's like it's scary to think that like even you know i i had a my aunt call me the other day and she was like are you okay like and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And she's like, oh, because I got a message uh, on on my phone and it was in your voice saying that you were in trouble or something. And I'm like, are you sure that was someone not like th that was just fucking with you? Or And she's like, no, no, like it was actually your voice. And it said that you were like you were in trouble or whatever. So I had to call and like make sure. So I know I'm going off on a tangent in regards to this, the strike, but it just it's goes connected. to show. Yeah, it's it just connected. goes to show how how detrimental this AI thing can be. It's, it's useful in a lot of ways, but at the same, on, on the other side of the spectrum, it's like, one, it's it if it continues to progress and we're not able to adapt, it can make humans obsolete. So, you know, I'm in full support of this writer strike and them demanding more money because at the end of the day, it's like, no, I don't care how good technology is, you can't compete with the human mind in the sense of creativity and the emotion that you, that you put into your work and into your artistry. I just don't see that being a reality. And so even with that being said, like if we're now, or not us, but like if studios are now depending or relying on AI to create the um, create content and kind of take 
the middlemen out of the equation, that, that being the writers, then I'm with Darcy. I don't know if I want to see a movie like that that lacks heart and it's just all based on technicality. Like it just no soul. Yeah, there's no soul. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in complete agreement with both of you. Like I, I it was funny because I I watched uh, Ghosted, uh, and that movie like Fucking despite the fact terrible. that. That the movie was trash. But someone said something. I like something the that... actors and didn't like the movie. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah, exactly how I felt. The cameo saved that movie, but other than that, yes. that movie sucked. So what so, one of the reviewers said, and I can't get it out of my head ever since they said it, is like this felt like someone did the smart uh, GPT. Yeah. And for and that's like the first gen of uh, scripts from them. And I was like, yeah, because it's it had all this random shit that they just shoved in there and like thought that like they could like make funny with a whole bunch of actors and it was just trash and it it lacked heart. It yeah. lacked it lacked anything like it lacked a funny bone. It just it was just on paper shit. And yeah. also some massively bad pacing. But like still. Yeah, I actually asked the G uh chat GBT to write me a workout plan. Um or a work like a just like a workout like a training program just to see what it would give me based off of like all my credentials that I put it in. And I should have actually made this into turn this into content. Um, I wasn't thinking of it at the time and it wasn't that good. It was just very basic generic shit. And I had to do a lot of editing. I mean, it was a good attempt, a valiant attempt, but at the same time, it's like, like Darcy said, there's no soul. There's no heart. There's like, it's basically just, taking basic information and kind of putting it together and be like, Hey, this is a standardized program or a standardized script based off of what you want, but nothing else. There's no heart. There's no soul. It's lifeless. Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. So let's hope that the studios will come to their senses and actually like pay. And like, like cause honestly, like last time the writer strike happened, it caused dev like a whole bunch of shows either went downhill and never recovered or some just got canceled that were good. And especially if they want to keep uh, doling out uh, stuff uh, like in terms of uh, streaming services, you know, they, they got to pony up. So, so what, what needs to happen here in order for change to be, be implemented? Because what, what's from stopping the studios from just saying, okay, well, fuck the wet writers. Uh, we'll just use this AI, this new AI technology and write a whole bunch of scripts and, you know? Well, what, what will happen is they can't afford to have a complete, like, let's just say the technology isn't quite there yet for them to feel confident enough to just give us AI content. Mm -hmm. They need people to write. Now, they could hire independents, mm -hmm. but, like, you're, you're, you're basically asking for content from an AI and you're asking for newbies or like people out of film school or like just randos basically proofreading that they, and then they, this is a union too right yeah this is the union so th that they they will likely have a legal problem if they exactly. start a bunch was, of independence yeah and that was going to be my next statement so it's like they have a lot of say and also they have a lot of actors backing them up and and also like tonight shows and like and stuff like that so like they have support it's just that the like the studios are really pushing back because they don't want to put, like, I think the studios would be fine with updating the payment, but
but the back pay is the problem because mm. a lot of these like not, like like you said tactics like essentially they've demoralized the writers for years mm-hmm. and the only writers that have actually like done well are the ones who are also executive producers but that's because they're executive producers that they've done well mm. so like unless you did decide to do both rooms because like writers rooms have gotten smaller and they're doing less episodes Mm. Well, you know, one thing about that back pay, though, is that it's smart strategy um, in a negotiation strategy, because if you you're saying I want a better pay and then you go, OK, I want better pay. And then they go, well, this is how much I want. And they go, well, uh, this is how much we're willing to give. And you go, you, you, you fight until you try to find a middle ground. If you're saying I want better pay and I want you to pay me this large sum of money. Right, you can probably get that better pay higher, and then give up on the the yeah. large lump sum of money just to get that that pay higher, so that they don't have to give you a lump sum of cash, um, or they'll give a lump sum of cash in some way, but it's smaller and it's to the guild, and and then they can disseminate how they want, right, kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, the, the here's the thing I will say about AI, just as like somebody, so like as a developer um there's a lot of people similar to the content game who were talking about i can just go and chat gpt and blah 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 blah. look i have a whole whole website and every time i've seen that stuff i'm like this is the worst website i've ever seen um (laughs) this is not gonna hold up the where these things make a lot of sense and i find and i the way i use them is like a couple of things um i'm writing code or i am working with code i don't understand and i will i can take the entire block of code and ask it can you as long as there's nothing sensitive in there and i can say explain this to me and it can do that it can articulate a lot of information or you can have scenarios where you have something where you have a large set of information and you want to parse through it and find something right like go through like let's say you have some legal problem and you have a lot of scripts and you need to go through all the scripts and find some phrasing and statement in every single script to change it, right? And specific references and context. You can ask it to do that and it could help you. Those are things that are like not replacing necessarily of core roles that are super important to the creative process. They are solving very unique and complex problems that would take a lot of time and you can make them a lot shorter. That's where I, I think it's, it's a value, right? Because it helps everybody at every level depending on what the problem is but yeah when it comes to this replacing people uh that's bs and where i think what needs to happen here is it's the pockets of these studios get hit i I think if they they will put out some chat gpt level uh movies and how to put this those are gonna be uh the rock and kevin hart films and what I mean by that <laughs> is they are bare minimum average films with high profit. Yeah. And they're, they're the made for TV stuff. But they're going to try to bank on it. And it's not going to be the big things that win. And at some point, there's constant diminishing returns on those low level high profit things because they make less profit over time. When people feel like I've watched this enough times, I don't want to watch the new ones. And then you start to actually lose your profits because people aren't watching them at all. And you're making, you're spending the money, but you're not getting anything back from it. So it's the pockets have to be hit. And like, we're in a place where there's a lot of fakery in the creative world happening, music, uh, movies, TVs, every like writing, everything. 
but I think we're going to end up in a renaissance of going back to rawness in a, in a period of time, because I think the world is going to get fed up with or get so bored or get so desensitized that suddenly someone's going to come back with an album. Someone's going to come up with a movie that's so creative and so ballsy and bold that everyone will just be like, it'll, it'll just draw everyone's attention away from the numbingness of like sameness. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. <coughs> Moving on to our final topic. <coughs> which is a do more search. You all right, I guy? Just, you good? I inhaled a whole Take bunch some water, of water, bro. Yeah, yeah. Freeze. Drink, drink. We got Freeze. time. Uh, <coughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm good. All right. So uh, we have some very good news. Or I should say I'm very happy about the news I'm about to announce. We're going to do another touch base with tactics. And it's because... Oh, I was not prepared for this. Hold on. I, sorry, <laughs> I didn't read the schedule, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll set you up. That's me in class up. when I don't know the answer, I get called out. I'm like, oh shit. Oh, trust me, trust me. You you got this one. So, uh, we have talked about the first half of season six of My Hero Academia as Tactics has gone through the first half. We've left it alone for a little while, and because our boy was uh, studying, uh, we we kind of left it alone for a little bit. Now, uh, after some excessive amounts of pleading on my part privately and also me trying to like work out a schedule for him to kind of like work it into like when he's studying to like just like watch something while he's having dinner or lunch our boy has slowly but surely crossed the finish line is now officially seen all episodes of season six uh it, it did have one back uh almost like a inadvertent back uh sidestep of uh now that he can't watch anime without food uh but i mean like uh, Darcy, uh, back me up on this bro like don't you have to be eating something to be watching some shit like i mean like you don't have that, to but i mean it's like that's how that's how i start it uh, so i i have my breakfast and i watch one piece and at lunch when i'm eating I, I put on One Piece or I, or I put on uh, uh, Mishley right now, but or Mashley, sorry, Mashley, um, yeah, Matt Mashley. But I will watch without. But a hundred percent, when I'm eating, it's probably gonna be an anime. There you go, my nigga. <laughs> all right I, i'm i'll vote on this one because i just watch anime without food but anyway mostly because i don't like to eat and also have to read the subtitles i feel like you don't eat much at all anyway so there's that too <laughs> we've talked about what bro what are you talking about man <laughs> anyway i hope this is giving you uh, enough time to sort your thoughts out but like mm -hmm. uh so tactics has now Watched so the last time we talked to him, he was still like near the end of the fight with Shigaraki, which is our boy in the top uh, left, uh, who uh, was uh, getting pummeled by uh, by our man Deku, uh, while also him like just exploding his arms, and also uh, <clears throat> best genius showed up and like uh, control like was able to hold down Maki, and I think. <clears throat> the reveal that uh, Dobby is um, the son of Endeavor. Sorry, spoiler warnings for those people who are watching and haven't watched season six, but it's on you at this point. Um, I mean, if Tactics beats you, you got a problem. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, 
so that was the last time we saw Tactics talk about it on this show. Now, Tactics has watched from that point all the way to the end of the season and is now caught up with Darcy and I. So, T, I got to ask, bro, what do you think of the latter half of season six of My Hero Academia? I hate that it's over. I hate that I, I like, I, I got into it. And that's what that remember I texted you and I was like, wait, is what I saw the last episode? And I was so pissed because I was getting ready and like I'd still like I, I had my pizza and I was getting through uh well I couldn't have dessert at the time, but I was getting through like <laughs> <laughs> I was getting through my uh, my cheesy bread and then that, that episode ended and then there was nothing left except for my food. And I'm like, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I've been robbed of my experience. So full, full metal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, I here's know, the thing. I know. After you watch those episodes, for me, this is for me. I can't, I can't just go back and watch Full Metal at that at that given point in time. I hear you because Full Metal, I, I feel like it, there, there's still a build. Like I haven't yeah. gotten to the most epic parts yet. I'm still there's still a lot of developing that is taking place currently from where I am. So I feel like I'd be backtracking. But anyway, in regards to the la- the um, the final couple episodes that I had left, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I liked the callback, or rather, the reunion between Deku and the muscle guy. Oh um, yeah. Oh. However, yeah. I was like, okay, like it, it just kind of goes to show how how advanced Deku is and he's not even at a hundred percent yet because he blew through that guy. Like he was nothing, yo. Like it was like, I thought th- th- it was going to be like a long drawn out fight. And the shit was over in like three. I'm like, wait, <laughs> is, that's it. Yo, that man was a problem for you like two years ago. And now it's just like, yo, get up, get the fuck out the way. I got more important business to handle. And Hold like, up. But before we, before we go on that point, what did you yeah. think of his dream sequence with the previous users? I found that I found that to be really, really intriguing. I liked the the emotional test that they put him through. Really? Because, yeah, I really liked that because mm. it when she hit him with that question of like, um, or I, I feel like it was like they were playing mind games with him and be like, yeah, you have yeah. to take out, uh, you have to take this guy out. And of course, in old Deku fashion, he was like. You know, I still feel like there's good in him. And as the hero that I've, I've primed myself to be, I, I, I believe that everyone deserves redemption, and including him, no matter what he's done. I mean, I'm not quoting him verbatim, but essentially yeah, that's the- what he said. And I was like, damn, that's that's a strong-willed individual. Because if it were me, I'd be like, yo, fuck that guy. Yeah, he's got to die. Like, yeah, I, I, I would have lost that, uh, failed that test. Yeah, but like I, the two things I got to say that I actually loved was one they said to him, uh, the two things he said was one, all of them disagreed with him. They're like, look, we saw through your own eyes. Mm-hmm. We didn't see a kid asking for help. He's like, guys, for me, when I looked at him, he looked like a kid who was alone and needed mm-hmm. help. Yeah. And the second thing was when he says like, okay, I, I know this is what you all think. I know you all think I got to kill him. But I don't think all for one, uh, sorry, sorry, what one for all was meant to kill anybody. I think it yeah. was meant to save people. And I was yeah. like, ooh, yeah, he dropped he dropped a huge bomb, man. And I like that's really what I respect about Deku as a character, and because it it sheds light on my own morale. Because it's like again, like I 
I wouldn't have done that. I would have just been like so full of like emotion and 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 a little bit of rage given like what had transpired, where what I had witnessed, all my f- friends getting fucked up by this guy, like easily I would have turned to the dark side if I was like if it was like a Star Wars type of shit situation, man. Like on that on those merit on that merit alone, just from the emotional standpoint. But Deku, even you know, granted, he's 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 shown that he can get really aggressive and and emotional in times of crisis, but he always seems to have some sort of a handle on things and can kind of like think about things logically while also executing empathy along with it, which is like a really good, it's a, it, 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 it's a, it highlights that of a hero so extremely well. And I, I referenced this, um in a in a previous episode of the Gigi Bros where I was talking about um one of the episodes of The Flash where they kind of played around with the 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 notion of of um a hero that um has both logic what happens when a hero has both logic and and emotion but yeah. one of those is eliminated like for example um Flash he lost all of his emotion because he felt as though um his emotion was getting in the way of his better judgment. And so he went through this process where I can't remember what happened, but he, he was, he became completely stoic in the sense of like, no, no emotional drive at all. It was just everything, every decision he made was based on logic. And essentially like you get to see how that can kind of impede his morality as a hero, because rather than making like the, the, the right choice he's making the logical choice which isn't always the right choice when it comes to being a hero because sometimes yeah. there's there is a sprinkle of emotion that's involved where it's like even if there is a a lesser percentage to for someone to be saved does that negate the fact that you still try your absolute hardest and try to tip the scale in the favor to even the odds a little bit, I think a hero would realize that. And like, no matter what the percentage is, he'd be like, no, there's always a way thinking outside of the box. Whereas when you're logical, it's just, nope, this is based on the numbers. I know that this person has, doesn't have a fighting chance to survive. So I'm not even going to pay any attention to this person. I think Deku, because in the beginning of his journey, you saw like, he was very, very, a very, very calculated individual, always taking notes and everything. And he didn't even like he, he was not a hero at this point. He didn't have the quirks or anything. And then, you know, he got his power. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, you saw the 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 balance between his logic, his calculation, and then also the emotion that's involved in that. And that's what I really respect um, of him as a character. And in the in the cup in the final couple episodes, he he, he kind of lost that logic, and he was. He was, he was uh, all emotion. He was all emotion. And then now you get to see the scales tipped in the other side, in the other direction. And there's no more logic. Right. And his friends. And this was like the heartfelt moment. This is where I like I, it lost. Like it broke me because I started like I was holding it together. And then when his friends <laughs> all banded together to like not fight him, but like they're trying to like catch him, catch him and like and have him listen to reason. And he's just so fueled by emotion. And he's just like, yeah, I don't want to endanger the lives of those that I care about. So I have to stay away. And this is all rooted in emotion. Right. And then that scene where Bakugo is like, he just basically unloads on this motherfucker. And he's just like, you know, he says what he says. Like, I can't quote it verbatim, but to, to the extent of like, you know, I, I hated you. 
And then I realized that like, you know, I had to like, be, I had to be better than you. But then I realized like, you know, I care about you. And, you know, like it just kind of showed their friendly rivalry. It almost reminded me of like Goku and Vegeta, but to a much deeper extent. And yeah, and even just him doing this, like making the sacrifice like this, and then it just comes full circle. And it's just like, this is a motherfucker that you want in your corner, even though he talks shit and everything. <laughs> One, he talks shit directly to your face. So you know he's a real <laughs> motherfucker. He's not yeah. like, if he has an issue with you, he's going to tell you. He's not going to be like, oh, like he's going to like be like in the corner talking shit behind your back. No, he's going to tell you straight up what the deal is. And on top of that, he's going to make sure that you're ste- you're always stepping your game up. And like, that's the kind of person that you want in your corner. It's like the book that I read, um, uh, The Way of the Superior Man, where it's like your friends will never tolerate your mediocrity. And that this whole that whole moment right there solidified that quote at, for me. And it was just a beautiful episode. Like um, the bubble I love, girl. Yeah, I forgot yeah, her I, name. That was I love beautiful. how like, I love how they like 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 you said like they showed them as kids they showed mm-hmm. them as adolescents they showed them as teenagers and then they showed yeah. them as heroes yeah. and it was all bakugo talking about like all the things like all the things he couldn't stand about deku yeah and then when they're finally like face to face in like modern stuff he's like i'm sorry mm-hmm. and i'm just like yeah and that shows growth man like yeah you know um because at the end of the day, they're all fighting the same battle. They're all in the same struggle. And they all, like, I think in that moment, Bakugo realized, like, yo, we need each other. And, yeah, I'm still going to be a hard ass. And I'm still going to push you. But at the end of the day, we're in this together. And fuck it, man. Like, at like he because he's seen, Bakugo has seen this man's progression. He's seen his growth. He's seen what he's willing to go through. And he sees the hardship. And... No matter how there. much, you, yeah, no, and he was there for all of it, and it's like, at the end of the day, you kind of have to pull your hatred back and be like, "Yo, like, fuck all that other shit." I respect this dude. I may, I, I may not admit it openly all the time, but yo, like, we're we're on the same team. We're fighting the same battle. You, I, I see the sacrifices that you're making. We're after the same goal, and it's like, if I'm in a pinch and I need to rely on somebody, then Deku is the epitome of what that represents in terms of, yo, I got your back. Like, like literally like this man will die on a spear for this dude. And I feel like, and Bakugo proved that he would be willing to do that too. Right. So yeah, it was just such a beautiful moment. And, you know, near the, um, the, the final couple episodes, like there was less. Oh, the action. Yeah. Like all of that was just beautifully written, man. And it's like, and it, it 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 pains my heart to hear like even just like when we we're talking about the writers strike and like you guys mentioned that the an- like the anime writers get like pennies bro for like because the the writing is so rich and deep and profound and it's just like these guys don't get the credit that they that they deserve like cuz like when you compare this to like american cart like cartoons and shit it it doesn't hold a candle to this kind of writing like the closest we ever got was like Justice League and Batman the animated series. Those are like like and like after the Lost Airbender. Like those are yeah. maybe three. But that's examples. so far and few. Yeah, it's far and few between. And how how long ago were was that? Fifteen years. Fifteen years exactly. We haven't gotten anything like the closest, on that same calendar. Young Justice, like, but like that was before they came back for season three. So like that was still like what like eight years ago. I mean, Young Justice was good, but I mean, 
bro the anime on this it's like every time you guys recommend like certain anime and i was like i know i i take a fucking long time to to watch them but then i'm always like i'm always in awe every every time that i watch anime because it like the shit especially the ones that you guys recommend that you because you guys know me very well and you know which ones that will resonate with me and they always do there's always some kind of element of you know, obviously with My Hero Academia, it's the it's the superhero aspect, but it goes much deeper than than that. And and the underlining tones that they deliver, it's like the writing is so good and it makes you think. And it's just like you can tell I'm I'm like really passionate about it right now because I and that's like, what I love. Just, seeing. Yeah. This is what I've been waiting for because like I would say like Darcy said something to me, which I actually like I, I remember what, like listening to it when it was in that episode, like when the crowd was attacking Deku and like he's like filthy. He's like he's like just gone. He's just finished his vigilante phase and like the uh, um, the bubble, uh, the bubble girl or um, uh, or Otaku. I can't or what whatever uh, <laughs> you grab me. Uh, she was basically like yelling at the crowd, be like, look, he's a hero. He's out there fighting for you. He's out there defending you. But we need you just as much as you need us. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. like don't be spectators. We need you to watch our backs too. Yeah. And, and like, I love that. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't remember the last time like an, uh, a cartoon, anime or regular cartoon has made me cry. You know, like I could maybe think of one episode off the top of my head from justice league that's made me like really tear up um and it was with Which the, one? the the um remember with uh batman or in justice league the ace i think where she dies and like he stays oh, with her. Yeah, yeah like that that one hit but aside from that i'm like yo like anime just kind of has a way it's just it, it's the dramatics and the 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 dialogue and the passion that these characters exude it's like it, you almost forget that you're watching an anime because the delivery and again i mean i know i'm sure the delivery is a lot better in subtitles but <laughs> i can still feel this the 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 passion that comes through when i'm watching these shows um and yeah it it really hits you in the feels it makes you makes you really connect to the material on on a very deep level and that's one of the main that's one of many things that I really appreciate about anime that I don't really get in regular American TV or uh, cartoons before we go to the the next part of this conversation that I want to get to Darcy do you have anything based on what uh, tactics was saying or anything you want to bring up to tactics well, I know Darcy has to leave soon. Yeah, I mean, we 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 are counting down to thirty-one minutes, and I gotta be eight minutes oh, down, right. down the road. Um, okay, yeah, but but um, yeah, no. I only thought I had was when when Texas was saying I haven't cried like at, 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 from anything in a while. Uh, all I gotta say is when y'all watch One Piece and y'all cried a going Mary, I I have to say it is the hardest cry to any anime and probably tv show i've ever had and i'll tell you this it's an inanimate object <laughs> you you ball your face out for an inanimate an inanimate i can't say the word uh Ina no, inanimate inanimate object <laughs> i parried over to the next thing all right so like uh i just wanted to uh, say one last thing uh so t 
in regards to the lady deadshot uh, woman who was like basically like using her hair to like shoot people for like sniper people from mm. yo what did you think of that exchange because she was actually a hero who was being used by the government mm-hmm. and I- I found that I found that really cool. I found it interesting. It was a it was a tragic story in terms of how it ended. Although she she didn't die. If I'm if oh she blew up, but I I, I thought she was still like did, were they able to revive her or say oh so she's dead dead okay, um well then yeah um my point still remains it's a it's a very tragic story, um I enjoyed the bat the 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 backstory of her. And yeah, I mean, I honestly, I love it all, bro. I like nothing was ever really a dull moment for me. Everything I, 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 my favorite part was the vigilante arc, which was like the last part of really, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it was just cool. Like, if they like, I felt like, like how that episode ended, where it was a reveal, like you see him all tattered up, and he's like, okay, it seems like it's a big villain better go check it out like if i thought that that it was gonna end there and it was gonna that was gonna go lead into like the the seventh season but they they continued on um because i found that to be dope and i'm like oh this is cool i just the only thing i wish is like we saw more of him taking on more villains but is it really necessary not really it just um I just love seeing Deku evolve. It's almost like, and I know you're going to hate this reference, Umar, because he hated the show. But for me and Smallville, like seeing him like periodically like learn a new power, like that, that was always the best part of the show for me in regards to seeing how like they progress and grow as a character. I, it's funny you should say that because like one of my compl- one of my very very few very few complaints of the season was the fact that they kind of just like threw away his progression and just showed the end result, mm. which was I found that to be like a it kind of like was a disservice because we one of the things uh, like you're saying with Smallville, Deku we've we, we've literally been on this journey with him, mm-hmm. and then we just missed a whole big chunk of this journey. The other thing that I, I found to be a little bit of, of frustration was that there was no um, following through on consequences. Like Gran Torino and uh, Eraserhead, they're both still alive. Everyone's still alive. It, uh, like only like no name people died. I was like, if they really should have just killed Gran Torino, and like I can understand that Eraserhead probably has still like some uh, story arc left there, but like. The fact that there weren't a lot of consequences, like like lasting consequences, I was just like, they have done consequences, so it's like they didn't need to undo it. But like yeah. nonetheless, like those are small gripes that I had. Yeah, yeah. Darcy, you, you look like you want to say something. No, no I don't. He's, I gotta, oh, he's, just, he's, he's just got to okay. leave. <laughs> okay, cool. Right, you, so you, like, you, I, you move it along the last topic, Omar. <laughs> okay, no, 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 that's the last topic. We, we go end right there. So, um, all right. So, like, uh. We'll, we'll probably talk about this in a, uh, in a future uh, podcast because, like, we we both I got a plane to catch, uh, but and also you got a movie to watch. But nonetheless, like, uh, I'm really really happy that last question: Demon Slayer <laughs> season three, Demon Slayer season three versus season six of My Hero. Thought like which one? Oh shit! Um, okay, real quick because I know Darcy has to leave and he's he looks hella anxious. Yeah. Um. I'm still gonna give it to Demon Slayer just because. Cool. God, that fucking those two last two episodes that you showed me, like, you know how I like to eat. 
with my anime, I couldn't eat. I <laughs> like, yeah, that just wasn't happening. I'm like, I gotta wait until the entire series is over so I can enjoy my butter chicken. This I was right. able to eat my pizza, you know, so it was good. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, de- that Demon Slayer, holy, like, that, you want to talk about stakes? Like, I thought everyone was gonna die, and that was gonna yeah. be it. Like, yeah. Demons won. Demons won. Yeah. This new season, this new season, bro, it opens up like the last season ended. It, like, it starts yeah. off being like, oh, we go have some. F- no, my God, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like episode three. It's like, what the fuck? So, like, yeah. So, uh, I look forward to when you eventually, when they finally get the dubs on. All right. Uh, actually, wait. Uh, T, let's follow it back to you for closing arguments. Actually, I don't think I can because I didn't start the stream. Cool. Going to volley it back to you, Darce. well that was another edition of the geeky bros podcast make sure to like subscribe do all that fun stuff check it out on the uh the the podcast the audio version and yeah it's just darcy here it's your boy tactics (laughs) this is biggie kumar have a great two weeks all i'll try to jump in whenever i can and our boys uh darcy and tactics are gonna keep uh you all happy and uh like caught up with all geeky stuff and Have a good night. Live long and prosper, y'all. Tradition. Absolutely. At this point, it's just like, it's not tradition. It's like what we do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Them curly whites, yeah.